Good morning, guys. Hello and welcome to this episode number 29 of the RDO podcast. As always, I'm with my brother, Alex, and I'm the co-host, Jason Vonkel. How are you, brother? I'm good. I've got a couple of shout-outs before we start today. Okay, yeah, definitely. Start with the shout-outs. The first one's a product shout-out. Right. That is not endorsed us at all, mm-hmm. but is fascinating technology. Uh-huh. And I want to give a shout-out to, I believe it's an Australian company called Lavalin. Lavalin, okay. It's a deodorant. Right. That you put on. Is it made out of lanolin? Don't know what it's made out of. I should look. Yeah. Once a week. Really? So before you go to bed, you wash, wash your pits, and then you put the tight, like probably half the amount, that like your pinky fingernail. Right. And it's a very thick paste, and you put it on, on your underarm. Mm-hmm. Same on the outside. Yep. And then you go to sleep, um, and it kind of sets in. Right. And you don't stink. So it says everyone's different. I'm getting seven days. Really? Seven days. So I'd get 24 hours out of it. Well, you, I'm you a still sweaty sweat. man. Because not antiperspirant, so it doesn't, you still sweat. Right, but you just don't stink. You don't stink. Mm. So, but I'm sweating less because most, well, I'm sorry, I'm sweating the same, but a lot of deodorants I use, you just sweat that off first, like you melt the right. deodorant off. Yeah. And I, how many shirts, shirts I've ruined. The amount of black shirts that I've got that look mm. like I've just got schmegged down the side of it from putting my <laughs> shirt on is ridiculous. Yeah. No more problem. Massive shout out. I think it's very expensive, but you use a lot less. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for so. sure. Wow. So what's the company name again? Lavalin. Lavalin. All right, check them out. Check yeah. them out. Uh, so Australian out. company? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's so. support Australian companies. So yeah. shout out to Lavalin. I might check it out myself. I, um, so second shout out mm-hmm. to Bitcoin. Right. Which hit $70,000 Australian this morning. Right, so anyone that, like, took my advice and didn't buy... (laughs) Can we go back? Was it two months ago that you were telling people not to buy at $22,000? No, no, it wasn't 22. It was, like, 40. It was, like, 40. No. It was over 40 grand. I'm going to look back at the old tapes. Check tape. Check tape, yeah. So, 70,000. Right. And I happened to make a, uh, a Bitcoin trade... And then Uncle Elon steps in, shout out to Uncle Elon, mm. Elon Musk, posts a picture, like a cartoon picture with Bitcoin in it, yeah. and with the quote, just for today. <laughs> 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 so, uh... He, yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? He, it's amazing how, he, he's become the most powerful man on Twitter. Used to be Donald Trump, now it's Elon Musk. Well, someone gave me another insight, and... Which I find interesting because you know he, he hates the SEC, right? He's got mm-hmm. no the Security Investment uh, Commission. Mm-hmm. He uh, despises them, right? He just thinks that they make laws for the sake of making laws. Anyway, because crypto is not really sanctioned under any of those laws, mm-hmm. I feel like this is him getting his uh, his. He's a, He's not allowed to talk about any any other markets. It's yeah, illegal that's for him. He actually didn't. He's got an agreement with the SEC that yeah. he's no longer about to allowed to tweet about like Tesla related stock. Right, which is why he's so active in the crypto space. Yeah, yeah. Because he can go. With and look, it makes perfect sense too if he hates the SEC and the SEC doesn't really have the regulations around cryptocurrencies. Then why wouldn't you get Tesla to accept Bitcoin? So then you can do your business dealings away from the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting, yeah. So shout out to Elon and shout out to Bitcoin. Well done. So now, 
we we discuss this, but we keep forgetting. So we ran a bit of the. So are you going to tell everyone to buy it now? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll be here in two months' time. Bitcoin's at a million dollars. Well, one of the one of the pages I follow, their algorithm thinks it could get to two hundred and seventy thousand dollars US this right. cycle. So, FOMO investors, FOMO investors, <laughs> calling all FOMO investors, please uh, purchase your Bitcoin at a historic high. There are again, yeah, I can't justify buying it <laughs> at um, at all time highs. Even though I just did. And, um, <laughs> you bought it at an all-time high and now it's gone to an all-time higher. <laughs> it's, it's an all-time higher. Right. But there are some other small cap ones out there that, that people can look at if you want to get better bang for your buck. Because you've yeah. got to think, don't forget the figure. Forget what that figure is. You, what you want to see is a high percentage yield. That's like that's your hmm. idea of investing. So, and that's the thing too, is that as the price of Bitcoin goes higher and higher that you need higher jumps to get the same percentage um, profit than you would off a smaller coin, yeah. So, we ran a test. uh, We're trying to sort of work out this YouTube algorithm. Yeah, this is really, really interesting. So, we we ran a test, and thank you for everyone who did participate in the uh, test that we did the other other week where you jumped on and left some comments, regardless of what the comments actually were. Um, Very interesting results. Mm. So, uh, to, to... detail what those results were. So there's a thing with YouTube where if you don't really know how YouTube works, um, obviously views are one of the main metrics, but there's also a thing they call impressions. And impressions is how many YouTube users does YouTube show your thumbnail and your clip to to potentially view your video. And that's what we were trying to increase because obviously we're trying to increase our audience outside of our current listener base. So the only way to do that is to get it out to more people. Now, um, obviously, we had the week where everyone was commenting on it, and we had a week either side where there was less comments. Now, the week before all the comments, we had uh, 140 total impressions. Bless you. Thank you. Um, so 140, it was 146 odd total impressions. That obviously came out a week before this video. Then you had the comment video, which all you guys helped us out on, and then you had the week after that, which had only had like 60 impressions. Mm. The commented on video had four thousand one hundred impressions. Four thousand one hundred impressions, and it wasn't even that many comments. It was just a couple, which just wow. shows this is why it, all the big guys on YouTube are talking about. Just throw something in the comments. Just throw something in the comments yeah. because that's what YouTube's going after. They want interaction on their platform, and like I think you said a few weeks ago. It looks like YouTube's trying to become the next meeting place. Now it looks like Facebook's yeah. going down the gurgler. Have a better conversation on, on a YouTube yep. thread. Yeah. So guys, wherever you're listening, if it's on YouTube, great. You're already there. But even if you're listening with the audio platforms and you want to support us, one of the things that you can do is just jump on the YouTube clip and just leave a comment at, at the bottom. The comment I'd like to see is what you how you would spell the word mut. <laughs> Put that in the comments. Yeah. Yeah, there's also some things that, that are going to come out of today's episode that you are you might be interested in uh, participating in the conversation too, because I've got some stuff for that. Um, also, so, oh, sorry, again, shout out to everyone who helped mm, us out with that. You. We really appreciate it. It really helps. Um, and again, it's such a simple thing that you can do to help us out. So, And also, if there's any way that we can continue to help you guys out, again, leave it in the comments. If you want us to talk about a certain subject, mm. if you want us to talk about your business, or if you, you know, we want to support you guys too. Um, I like a lot of the a lot of the comments where there's a contrast with us in different countries. I think it's yeah. interesting because we always look at things in the context of 
mm-hmm. um, Australia. Obviously, we talk a lot about America. Sort of yep. America, but um, if there's any more internationals, we'd like to hear yeah, how sure. this fits into context with other countries. Definitely. Um, couple of quick NATI updates because I haven't really spoken about NATO. Have you much. found the remote yet? No. So. Um, one of Nate's favorite things to do is, and it's so cute, it's so funny, right? Like, you know how like we wake up in the morning, and I mean like this is my second coffee of the day already, um, and we need a little bit of time to sort of ease into the day, and like you sure. need to, you know, have maybe have breakfast or not, or coffee. Like obviously you need to get your water in as we've discussed. Maybe have a shower and to slowly ease in, and then you can start work. Mm. Well, Nate Dog, like as soon as he wakes up, it's just like. And I'm ready to work. And what is Nate's work at the moment is picking up objects from around the house and moving them to places that they don't belong. Mm. So, uh, yesterday, uh, no, sorry, it was two days ago. Um, so we've got three remotes. One's a remote for our, um, Telstra hub, mm-hmm. which is basically how we use the smart TV stuff. One of the remotes is just for the TV itself, so primarily used for volume and changing between um, inputs. Yep. And the other remote is the Foxtel remote. So we have three remotes. The um, Telstra Hub remote went missing a week ago. <laughs> yep. Now, fortunately, because it's Telstra Hub, I can download an app on my phone, which means I can still control that. Sure. So I've looked for it, couldn't find it. It's been okay, because I've been able to adapt, right? Um, the issue was, the two other remotes went missing yesterday. And as in, they were gone. It must have been the night before he'd, he'd put them somewhere, maybe, when we didn't have the TV on. Uh, and then they'd gone missing yesterday. So I'm like looking all over the house yesterday, and I, I just couldn't find these remotes. So, the again, the TV remote, not such a big deal, because you've got the controls on the TV itself. What is difficult is Foxtel, because there's no way, I don't think... I haven't really looked, but to actually control the Foxtel on the box itself, to be able to switch between channels and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure there is. I'm is, sure everyone's isn't listening. Is there a going. Foxtel app? Or do you know the app doesn't pair to the, is that a separate thing from... Might, might be a thing. I might have to look into that as well. Yeah, or just find a remote. Or just find a remote. Because they have to be there somewhere. Yeah, I know. Because Nate only, hasn't left the house. And he's only limited to, he's only limited to things, you know. Well, funnily enough, um, the TV remote turned up yesterday afternoon and the TV remote, well... Amanda, shout out to my wife who I texted during the day going, do you know where the remote is? And she didn't respond. And she knew exactly where it was. Uh, Amanda had seen Nate put it in the vitamin drawer <laughs> during oh, yeah. during the morning. And then obviously thinks I should, maybe thinks I watch too much TV when I'm at home with Nate. But you only have to look at things waist height. Oh, yeah. That, and that's the other thing too. He's, he's getting so tall that, and also now he's gone through this climbing phase. So now it's, you know, you actually have to look at multiple levels now mm. too, which uh, which does make things more but interesting. But n- definitely nothing above nipples. Oh no, it depends. Like the guy actually climbs up, like he'll push his pram around now. This yeah. is how smart this kid is, and again, it's you know, it just sounds like a typical parent. But he'll push his pram around, and then he'll climb up the pram and climb up the back of it so he can grab stuff. Mm. Like he's a turd. It's really annoying. <laughs> Uh, but it's kind of cool. Should have found the remotes by now. Yeah, well, haven't found the Foxtel one, so um, yeah. But if I'm, I'll try downloading an app to see if I no, can, I can no, get no, around that too. Find the remote. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. Find I'm it. sure it's somewhere. But um, he's been doing some really cool stuff lately. So he just obviously he turned one uh, f- a few weeks ago, um, 
he's starting to understand some words. Like, he still babbles and stuff mm. like that. He doesn't really... Like, he says dad and he says mum. But apart from that, he doesn't really say many other words. Mm. But it's interesting watching him learn to communicate. And one of the biggest developments recently is he's now starting to understand the meaning of the word no. Right. And then... He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And then the tantrums have already started. So, again, this is how advanced a kid is. The terrible twos have already started. He's only one years old. Um... And it's really interesting because you'll just say no to him for doing whatever it is, which is usually something that's going to hurt himself or whatever. And he does this thing where he sort of scrunches his face up like this. Yeah. And then, like, you can just tell that word, he's like, he understands it and doesn't make him feel good, but he also stops doing what it is he's doing. So it's like now, now we're at that point where I think... A lot of people say when you have kids, the first 12 months is literally about keeping them alive. Mm. And then once they're 12 months old, that's when the real game starts of, okay, now I've got to teach this kid to be a, a fully functional human being. Mm. Um, and it's also good too, because now it's like, it's really important for me to check myself and my behaviors yeah. and uh, what I'm doing just when he's around, because he'll pick up on those things. Sure. Um, Isn't there a psychological thing where you you actually trying to, to not say no, to, to avoid the tantrums instead of, like some techniques that some friends of mine have used is like yeah. when when they start to do something naughty, just show them something cooler and move them onto that. Yeah. Like, so you're not actually saying no and you're not actually getting into that confrontation. Look, Much I'm... like when you're having a fight with your partner, you don't you, you don't say, calm down. Right? Yeah. You change the subject. See, That's the I'm... best way. If, you, if players don't know this, never get in a fight with a woman because there's no point. Change subject, pivot. Yeah, as they do it. Yeah, the problem is that I would assume that your partner is a fully matured adult with a fully matured brain. So I feel like you're you're probably right. There's certain like there's probably levels to the game of what you want to be using the word no for. So you don't want to get to a point where you're just saying no to absolutely everything. Mm. But there are certain things like touching the stove when it's on. No, like that's a danger. You should actually stay away from that. So it probably is a good reminder to only use it when necessary rather than using it for everything. But if his automatic response to no is to grimace and then that part of him will want to do it even more. Well, he doesn't grimace and then go back to doing the behavior. So it's like he's, he's understanding okay. what, what's going on. And again, like the thing is with kids, they don't know how the world works. So this is about trying to teach them what things... Um, are good and positive for him to do and what things are potentially dangerous for him to do and trying to curb those behaviours as well. Um, which, funnily enough, this stuff actually rolls into uh, what I wanted to talk about today. Sure. So, <clears throat> a bit of a background on this. I had a, a tradesperson come to the house this week to um, fix our couch under warranty because uh, it's got a little electric section which goes up and down, which they've had to replace the motor on. And I had a really interesting conversation with him. Mm. And I was telling you about it during the week. So a bit of a background. Um, the, the guy is 36 years old, um, has a family. So he's got a wife and he's got two children, one uh, eight-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl. And uh, this conversation literally started because um, Nate was so fascinated by what he was doing. He was trying to like get in and pull all his tools out and stuff like that. So I had to hold him back. And then Nate's doing this cute little, like, <laughs> like little giggle thing. Mm. And he goes, oh, my son used to do the exact same thing. Like, I kind of missed that. And then so we started talking about kids and all that sort of stuff. And I don't even know how we got onto the subject of it. But we, we ended up talking about uh, his, how he was raised as a kid. Mm -hmm. 
in a very um, strict religious household mm-hmm. and how he's only recently come to terms with the fact that that religion probably wasn't the right thing for him mm-hmm. and maybe for his family and the rifts that it's now causing between him and his parents. Yep. So the subject that I wanted to talk about today was indoctrination. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I when I'm when we're talking about indoctrination, I don't just want to talk about being indoctrinated into a religion mm-hmm. because it's not the only sort of indoctrination that you can um, that you can experience, sure. right? Um, but getting back to this guy's conversation, so we were talking about these things, and he was explaining about how, again, he had that sort of light bulb moment at a at a later stage in life where he was realizing that um, these strict constraints on his life and on the expectations of his life and for what his family should be doing were not making him happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he has actively pulled away from those things, now his parents, who are obviously extremely indoctrinated into that way of life, think that he's making the wrong decisions. And they, he was saying they still speak to him like he's a child. Right. And he was expressing some frustration about, he's like, I'm a 36-year-old man, I have a family, I've got two kids of my own, mm-hmm. and I run my own business, what else do I need to do for you to treat me like I'm an adult? Yeah. Right? And it just, it made me think about a lot of things. One of the things that it made me think about was the, the just randomness of having a conversation like this with a complete stranger, which shows to me that I think a lot of people in this day and age... They're crying out to have real conversations and perhaps he doesn't have the ability to have real conversations at home. Sure. Um, One of the things that I'm very fortunate for is that uh, my wife and I intellectually, I'd say, are on a very similar level. She's probably even slightly uh, above me because I probably get more emotional about things than she does. She's very much level-headed. Yep. Um, I'd agree with that. Yep. Which is uh, not always the case, but I'll, I'll admit it's true. And one of the things I really like about her is that we will have these conversations and we've got differing views on many different things. We've got many, many of the same views on certain mm-hmm. things, which, um, you know, especially when it comes to uh, things like child rearing, we're very much on the same page, sure. a lot of things, which obviously there are, I think there are plenty of people out there who have kids and then realize that you're not on the same wavelength and yeah. how you're going to, um, to raise them. So that's good. But we are able to have conversations about these things and um, put forth ideas, dissect them, and like I often go, oh yeah, yeah, I was wrong on that one, and we we sort of move on with it. So clearly this guy was crying out to have a real conversation with someone, so he ended up doing it with a guy who was doing a job for. So one thing out of that, if you find yourself frustrated at all and you want to have one of these real conversations, find someone in your network that you can have them with. And the people that you can have them with might surprise you. Like some of my um, favorite friends now that I speak to about a lot of these subjects, they're not people I was friends with at high school. They're people I knew, I knew of, but for some reason we've come together with a similar understanding and we can have conversations with each other. And one of the big benefits to it is that there's no, um, like, there's no side effect to your life. Like, you know how, I mean, like with him and his parents, for example, he can't really be honest with them because he knows it'll just blow up their yeah, relationship. Sure, sure. Um, there's, there's degrees of separation, so there's no way exactly. to get ahead. Yeah. So I can give you, like, almost the business version of that. I had this right. thought during the week where going out for lunch with, uh, mm-hmm. with people that I deal with, mm-hmm. 
uh, gets far more productivity out than a usual, a normal business meeting encounter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, meetings suck. Yeah. Right, meetings suck. Most of the meetings that I've been involved with have, have really have not been uh, fruitful. Side note, Elon Musk hates meetings. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but not just from the business side of things, mm-hmm. it's actually that relationship side, being able yeah. to build that relationship with them and having a proper understanding of where they come from. And mm-hmm. if you don't spend the time to talk to someone, to converse with someone, you'll never know that. Mm. You know, and you can't assume it. Well, you, you're sorry, you definitely can assume it, but it won't get you anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, I am a massive networker. Mm-hmm. I, I'm on the phone every day talking to someone about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm probably more on the extreme side than than what most most people are, mm-hmm. but I find that it gives me. I like to get a lot of different perspectives on on something, mm-hmm. and it it has leveled my opinion of things. Yeah. So. I can see why he'd want to do it. Most mm-hmm. people want to talk about themselves if given the opportunity to, mm-hmm. but often they're probably not given the opportunity to. And I'm guessing yeah. that this guy goes from house to house and probably, you know, the normal person will sit on the couch and... and, and uh, yeah, and pretend he's not there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So he was probably very very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, so when we're, when we're talking about indoctrination, it sort of got me thinking, and obviously, look, religion is one thing that um, people can become indoctrinated into. So... It made me think about things that, number one, uh, you can get indoctrinated in anything. It can be a religion, it can be a political view, it can be a um, sporting team, it can be a way of eating, mm-hmm. like veganism, mm-hmm. or carnivore diet, or whatever it is. Um, it could be a thought process. It's uh, Absolutely. And the thing is, and this is something that I explained to him too, um, so, working in sales for as long as I did, um, obviously we talked about and we've spoken about it many times on this podcast about the idea of seed planting. Mm. And it, from a sales perspective, what like sales is is literally and as it's got, this is going to sound very negative. It's not the intention, but it's literally um, how am I going to manipulate your thoughts so that you buy my product? Persuade's a nice word. Yeah, but it's manipulation. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. That's what. And again, manipulation has negative connotations, mm-hmm. but you know, you can you can manipulate uh, you know clay and create a pot. The only way that I, the only reason why I wouldn't use the word manipulation in a sales setting, especially mm-hmm. in the sales that we worked in, is that we weren't cold calling people. People were walking in. So we're just persuading them to make the decision that they always yeah, to Yeah, okay, make. that's a good anyway. point. Yeah. Whereas manipulation, I would say, is really trying to get someone else from outside that potentially doesn't benefit them yeah. and trying to spin their, manipulate their point of view. For so sure. So like cold like, calling scammers, for example, is probably yeah. a better form of manipulation. But yeah, yeah so, but essentially you're right. It's persuasion. It's, um, so when we talked about seed planting, it was all about how am I going to plant seeds in your mind that start to grow so I can actually harvest those later on in the conversation sure. when I need them. And again, this is something that I think about every single day because I was in that world for so long. And I think people who have not been in a sales world or even a marketing world, marketing guys would know the exact same thing. Mm. Um, they don't potentially see the world as, um, you know, everyone's got, a, everyone's got an agenda, everyone's got a, a goal they're trying to hit and how they're trying to get there. And they'll do generally what needs to be done. So with, with him, for example, he obviously was, um, all the ideas that he held before he finally realized that... He had that light bulb moment. He had the light bulb moment. He, he thought those ideas were his own, but they actually weren't. Mm. 
Because they were just ideas that were told to him enough times when he was young and impressionable that that became his own thoughts. Sure. And this is something that happens to all of us every single day and we don't even realise it. Everyone's a product of their environment. Absolutely. Yeah. So I brought up the... Um, the example of, um, you know, when you hear like a politician making a speech and there's a buzzword they're trying to get out there. Mm. So for the sake of, of the moment, let's call it, let's say community transmission is the buzzword. And you'll, you'll hear the, the politician will just keep saying community transmission, community transmission, like multiple times, 18 times in one three minute speech. And when you're, when you're listening to the whole speech, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But what it's designed to do is it just bangs that word into your head. And if you keep hearing something enough times, you start to believe it subconsciously. So then what happens is when you're at the barbecue on the weekend and some one of your mates goes, oh, I'm community transmission, it goes, bing, oh, yeah, I know that. And then we start talking about it and then that idea begins to spread mm. by community transmission, ironically. Mm. Um, so what I, what I really wanted to talk about today is... Number one, being mindful of the things that you are potentially becoming indoctrinated into without your knowledge. So actually try to take a step back, you know, take the red pill, step out of the matrix and and have a look at it real. Isn't the blue pill out? Isn't the red pill in? Yeah. Red pill's in. Red pill's down the rabbit hole. Take both of the pills. Don't mix the pills. Yeah. Um, But the other thing too, and this is probably especially relevant for me, I need to be mindful of the things that I potentially indoctrinate my child into without my without me knowing. For sure. So, um, you know, if, if, if I have views which are not necessarily true, correct, or positive views which were put into my head by external sources, it's my role as a parent to not put those same thoughts into his head, uh, which is a, t- it's a tricky thing. Because, again, mm. this is, a lot of this stuff is subconscious behavior which is i mean i'm 32 years old so it's subconscious behavior which has been you know drummed into me over 32 years so being able to actually step back and go oh like maybe that's not real maybe these things i always thought were true were not not actually true awareness is the first step Mm. so actually actually knowing that there that that stuff happens yeah is probably the most important Mm. part of it i've got no psych background but i know that if you don't know what's wrong or if you don't know that there could be a thing that is wrong, then there's no way that you're going to correct it. Well, it's the first step of AA, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, admitting you have a problem is the first step yeah. to actually healing. So being aware of it, I think, I think is really important. But that indoctrination thing, I think, is funny because there is... It happens <clears throat> in most facets of life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'd start with the sporting one. Yep. Isn't it amazing? And people have been very guilty of it. Mm-hmm where they are so blinded by their own team mm. that every single ref call, yeah. right, an impartial person would say that's fine, but mm-hmm. nah, 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 nah. Yeah. That's, like that's like an everyday version of what indoctrination can mm. look like. Now, I would hazard to say you would enjoy the game more if you were impartial and you play, like you wouldn't get riled up just mm. because you thought your team was hard done by. Mm. Right, is that, is that kind of, do you think that would... What happened? You see, so you're more into sports than I am. I'm, I yeah. flip and change. Like I have a, I have a driver that I like, but I, mm. I don't. I'm not. Oh, like if he doesn't win, then there's no point. I think, I think with sports, look, I, I enjoy all like a lot of sports because I enjoy playing the sports and I enjoy watching. I enjoy watching anyone who is the peak of sure. their profession doing whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think the reason why teams and that tribalism 
uh, works and makes it excitement, exciting for people is because it feels like you've actually got skin in the game. It's the same way that, like, I can watch um, a, you know, a Broncos game and I've got skin of the game because I'm a Broncos fan. So yeah. I've just lost half the podcast now who are for footy fans. Yeah. But I can, watch a, I can watch a Broncos game and feel excitement and feel the emotional ups and downs of what's yeah. happening through the game because I identify with my team. Sure. Now I can watch another game that doesn't have the Broncos in it and I can just enjoy the spectacle. Yeah. Um, if you want to get a similar feeling to being to having skin of the game, you could gamble on that game yep. because it's a similar feeling because you feel like you've got something to gain or something to lose when you've actually got sure. skin in the game. Tribalism is an indoctrination as well. 100%. And it happens every day and it happens with the smallest things and a lot of it's around advertising like Coke versus Pepsi. There's not that many people that drink both Coke and Pepsi mm. because they're, they've, they've known that they've been rivals for many years. I drink Coke and Pepsi, not not very often. Usually, I just get fast food. <laughs> like, but like, you know, there will be people. I mean, we know plenty of people who will only drink Pepsi Max because mm. I'll never touch a Coke. But that's that's just marketing. Yeah. Ford and Holden, it's the same thing. It was, yeah. it was people trying to market a product, so they created tribes. Ford definitively won that one. Oh yeah, when um when they uh, when I saw the news story that they had bought out um the old Sutton's Holden dealership, yeah. like one of the biggest Holden dealers yeah. in New South Wales. They didn't buy them out; they just moved the franchise to. Yeah, so they just moved in because yeah. Holden had died. So yeah, they won. And hey, we grew up in a Holden family, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. So again, this is something that I want everyone to take a bit of a a mental um, audit of their beliefs and. Go okay. What are my what are my habits? I do every single day. What do I eat? What do I drink? What media do I consume? And why? Mm. Is it actually because I feel like it's the right thing for me to do, or is it just what you've been? Exposed or to? is it just what I've been exposed to, and now it's become habit? And there's a there's a quote I'll just share from um, the fifteen disciplines. Uh, which is a theme that's coming up very often because my wife's super into it and sure. it's a great book. Um, but your thinking determines your actions. And this is paraphrase, it's a bit longer. But your thinking determines your actions, your actions determine your habits, and your habits determine your character. Mm. So if we're not actively thinking about what we're doing every single day, it's because our original thoughts have become our actions and our actions have become our habits. And then habits can be tougher to break, especially if you don't realise that you... That they are a habit. That they are a habit. That's right. Okay, so uh, let me not counter it, but I want to pose this question. Mm -hmm. Why should someone do that? Why should someone do this? Why should someone uh, be aware of their indoctrination? Um, Because, so uh, to me there's a few reasons. Number one, I feel like if you're indoctrinated into a certain perspective you're missing a lot of what's available in life. Mm. Um, there are a lot of things... You know, people often say true growth comes from outside your comfort zone. Mm. So you've actually got to get outside the square to truly grow as a person. Um, if, you, if you only want to look at a certain, uh, you know, a certain bit of information or whatever, you're actually missing a lot of what's happening in the world. Sure. So that's, yep. that's number one. Yep. Um, number two is... I think if you took a general, honest poll of 
the entire population, the entire adult population will go with, fully grown, matured adult population. If you took a poll and you said, honestly, every single day, are you happy? I think you would have a very large percentage of people who would say no. And and this is something I brought up, I think, maybe a week or two ago, where you know how every single time you go to a dinner party or a barbecue or something like that, everyone's whinging about something. It's all different stuff, but everyone's whinging about something. Um, I feel like having having steadfast beliefs on something can lead to an unhappiness, especially if, like with what happened with the gentleman at my house, if it's putting massive wedges between you and key members of your life, like mm. your family, for example. So I think actually... Oftentimes, when you're dealing with people who are closed-minded, which is sort of what we're talking sure. about, you have to be open-minded first. So, if you want to actually improve Definitely. these things, you, you all you can—that's yeah. right. All you can control is yourself yep. and your own actions. So, if instead of just trying to ram your beliefs down someone else's throat who doesn't believe with you, uh, who doesn't agree with you, why don't we employ that listening to understand and actually go, okay, look, I'm actually going to pull myself out of my own beliefs. I'm going to go to your side for a little while and we'll see what it's like. And then I'm going to find some things about that that I can agree with. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to actually create some common ground. It's not just the common ground. It's actually, it's going to help you find the truth. And that's what we're, we're all about. Exactly. I want to, it's interesting that you brought it up after that particular interaction because I had a inter similar interaction I was only overheard it at dinner. Right. And this person had said, basically resigned the fact that they're not going to change. This is how they are. If you don't like it, right? who cares? Yep. And I think that person listens to this podcast. Right. And I'm sure it'll reach out to that person mm. and say, you aren't the same person you were 10 years ago. Yeah. So these, this is a narrative that you've built for yourself to protect yourself. It's a defense mechanism, it's a defense for sure. Mechanism. Yeah. And you can be you, but you could even be a better you. And please, please note, anything that we're saying is not about, we're not trying to benefit you in the eyes of society. We're not trying to benefit mm. you in the eyes of religion. We're not trying to better you in the eyes of, a, you know, financial standing, mm -hmm. like, what what a what a a lot of society does, yeah. right? Yep. We are trying to say be a better you, hmm. and and using yourself as the as the yardstick for that. Yeah. So, I would hope that all of us, and especially I think the people listening to this, because they they, they if you've clicked on it, you're already sort of, hmm. and or if you stayed with us, it's been a sort of a constant theme. Of That's ours. right. Yeah. I'd challenge this person to look at themselves and and uh, have an understanding of, of that part of indoct self-indoctrination. <clears throat> That's right. And be okay with, with advancing mm. as a person. Because yes. like you said, when you have that sort of talk about your, um, your psyche, you are cutting yourself up to opportunities. Mm. It might be, it could be financial, could be relationship opportunities. It could yep. be... It could be um, uh, it could be work opportunities. It could be it could be a whole range of things. Mm -hmm. If if you have that negative mindset, well, this is me, and if, and if that doesn't work, it's because you know we're never going to work. Mm. Do you know what? You've guaranteed that. Yeah, that's right. And look, it's it is a scary thought 
to open yourself up to get to saying perhaps things that I think are wrong. Mm. It's scary. Mm. Um, as, as human nature, one of the biggest things that we are so scared of is ostracization. Uh, ostracization? Being ostracized, we'll go with. Like being removed from the group. I want to try. Ostracize. Shit. <laughs> is that a word? Can you check? Please? Ostracization? I'm sure it's a word. Or is it being ostracized? It's got to, there's got to be a... Put it in the comments, whether we're right or wrong. Ostracization. I to, to Siri. Yeah, I don't want Siri to listen to me. Ostracism? Oh, here we go. Is ostracization a word? Now, the fact or state of being ostracized. So it you is. Yeah, but say it. Ostracization. Ostracization. Yeah. Bam. We've done it. Great content. We've Great grown. content. We've grown. <laughs> um, but yeah, like as human beings, we, we fear that, right? So because like I keep always referring back to uh, the caveman days. And again, if, if pe- when people switch off, if they switch off when I talk about this stuff, um, you're being affected by your um, inner workings and evolution way more than you think. Mm. Which is why things like marketing work. Which is why things like um, tribalism work. Because we're innately... That's why makeup works for mating. Yeah, 100%. Mm. 100%. So, like, this human evolution stuff, it ain't, you know, it's not... It ain't woo-woo. Yeah, it's not woo-woo. It's, it's science. It's true-true. Uh, absolutely. Um, so we fear that. So, again, it, it, to open yourself up and be vulnerable and go, wow, maybe my beliefs aren't actually my own. And maybe they're not actually making me happy. Mm. That's a scary thing to do, but you know, true, true growth and true progression and happiness often ha- it, it, it's it's right there for you. It's just on the other side of hard work, and it is hard work. Um, like I guess to share one of my indoctrinated things, I was indoctrinated to think that you know, like typical household, uh, the dad works and the mum takes care of the kids. Mm-hmm. That, that's the world that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when we talk about indoctrination, uh, one of the things I always think about too is what media do we consume as kids? So our generation, so we're around, you know, we're Gen Ys, we're around 30 to mid-30s. Um, all the uh, like Disney um, movies and stuff back when we were kids, for, for girls in particular, had girls who were like, you'd always be rescued by a prince and live happily ever after. Sure. Like, funnily enough, they call them fairy tales because they kind of are, right? But, like, you know, I think a lot of people have gone through their lives just expecting that to happen because that's what they were, again, indoctrinated into when they were young and impressionable. And what I find really interesting is how things like kids' movies seem to... um, They actually move with the times. And that's why I think you do see some progression because a lot of these kids' movies, like, you know, you'll... We're now going through, well, not even now, but like over the last few years has been a bit more of a phase of having strong female leads, which is a good thing because it shows that, you know, instead of raising young girls to think that you're just going to be rescued by a prince and you don't have to do anything, like... Yeah, you all need to watch, like any any woman that is indoctrinated by that needs to go watch the Resident Evil saga, the entire thing. Strong female lead. She's the baddest bitch. Yeah. She... Or watch the Alien saga. Underworld. The original strong female lead. Yeah. Yeah. What so, are the good ones? There's heaps of good ones. Wonder Woman. This yeah. Is the last one sucks. The first one was really good. Yeah. I had some I had some issues with Wonder Woman. I think they missed a opportunity. What? Because I felt like, and again, I haven't watched it recently, but I remember the, the immediate feeling that I got was that she was this amazing person, 
but she did too much stuff for a bloke. But that's the whole... That's the thing. That's the whole thing. That she has a... She has a heart. Yeah, but I just felt like she was doing it for a boy. When she should have just been the superhero anyway. Yeah, yeah, you need to watch it again. Yeah, okay. I'll rewatch it. Watch it again with that, with that, because that is an example of indoctrination of what you thought it was supposed to be. Could have been. Yeah. Absolutely, could have been. Yeah. So I'll, I'll rewatch it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so going back to like indoctrination and like, you know, it, it's really interesting for me to see how ideals uh, they grow they over shift, time yeah. and they and shift so over time. As a society. 100%. Sure. So, again, it's. If you are finding yourself sitting there listening to the podcast going, uh, I don't want to do this, that's probably your first red flag that you should. Yeah, definitely. Right? definitely. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I was getting back to what, to my example. So me, me personally, one of the big shifts for me, obviously, I had a child and now I'm a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Um, I only realized yesterday, I've been off for, like off work for six months now. Yeah. Now, I'm more exhausted than I've ever been, yeah. <laughs> which tells me work's easy, parenting's hard. Yeah. Um, but... That was that was a massive shift for me, and I think I may have shared on the podcast a few weeks ago. I can't remember, but I may have just spoken to you about it. But me personally, on a mental level, there was parts of my brain which were subconscious, which were still fighting against my existence from when I first quit my job for a few months, yeah. and it was difficult because, like, I found myself resenting some things that Nate was doing because I was like you're taking me away from being able to do the things that my brain wants me to do. Mm. Right? And I I can remember, it was probably only January-ish that that switch actually flipped and it actually turned itself off. And it's that was hard. Right? Mm. That was hard work. Um, but I've never been happier. Like, I used to get a lot of um, enjoyment out of my work and my work achievements and what I was able to achieve in the office. Now I like that. That's replaced, and now I'm happier. Mm-hmm. I'm healthier mm-hmm. as well. Um, my family life is better than it has been. Like when I was working um, in in Brizzy, like I was away from home fourteen hours a day. Yeah, well, that's not good for relationships, is it? You know. So, you know, that was a bit. That's an example from me personal experience of a massive mindset shift and having to realize that just being a workaholic's not making me happy. And I've had to change all that, and it was rough, but now I feel like I've grown from it, and I'm and I'm better off because of it. I can give you my growth growth thing, and this has been a much slower slower move. Is I've never been, I would have considered myself an atheist, mm-hmm. and when I was younger, I didn't like. I actually, not only did I not like religion, but I thought they were almost evil. Right. You know, a lot of you know, in my my opinion back then was that a lot of wars had started over religion. That's yeah. only when I got older that I've realised we're going to make war no matter what. Like, yeah, that's no right. religion, we'd figure out how to, how to you know, yeah. hurt someone. But another realisation I got to when, when, when I think with a really open mind is that um, without religion, there actually isn't a framework to live. Mm. There's not a framework to, to live as a good person. That's right. So there's nothing in science that says, or there probably is studies in science, but there's mm. nothing, there's no way that that's broadcast to, to people to say, be nice to your neighbour. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that says, you know, don't hurt people, don't, don't mm-hmm. harm people. So now I've, I've, I've got, and it happened years and years ago, but now I've just got this completely different thought of it. Mm. 
if you are a practicing uh, practicing in religion, that is a really mindful and thoughtful thing to do. Absolutely. Not just for you, mm. but for most your peers. Yeah. You know. Now there are extreme sides, just like there's probably extreme atheism, and I had extreme atheism thoughts mm. um, uh, in the past, but I have grown, and I was wrong about mm. about my my opinion has progressed over over time because I was wrong. And that brings up an amazing point too, because with every single thing in this life there are extreme outliers Mm. and the problem is in any debate in any argument about any subject people always want to just quote the extreme outliers as the reason why that particular um way of life is wrong yeah and you just can't do that because extreme outliers are extreme outliers it should be rated like an olympic gymnast uh, routine. Don't they cut the top and the bottom score off? So you get and the score <laughs> of the middle. Well, yeah. like and That's what we should do. Because at the end of the day, there's like there's just bad people in the world. You know? Some people are just bad people. Because, again, unfortunately, this a lot of it comes from indoctrination too. Like how often do you see, you know, um, kid comes from a bad family, grows up to become a bad adult, has kids, and the cycle continues. Like it's... You know, it, it, it's bad. It's it's bad upbringing. It's bad diet. It's, yeah. it's bad health. It's bad working environments. It's bad. Yeah. It's it's not a. Um, I think a massive part is being unable to communicate mm. your mm-hmm. point. And like you said, that guy that came around to your house and you yeah. could chat with him, that's probably a massive load off his chest. For sure. And Imagine you could someone... see it. He was so relaxed on the way out. Yeah. I thought he was going to ask me for my, for my number <laughs> on, the, on the way out of there. So imagine someone who has never had one of those conversations. Yeah. And, and no, and, and even worse. that doesn't go away. But even worse, has maybe maybe had something that's frustrated and happened at school, has gone home and spoken to his parents about it, and the parents have gone, oh fuck them, like, rah, 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 and just filled them with more aggression about that yeah. particular thing. And you see it. You see that stuff all the time. So, but you're right, because like, on the religion thing, I was very similar. Um, and again, I don't know exactly where that came from, but when I was a kid, like, you know, I was, I was not religious. And I remember um, when I was in primary school, I went to a friend of mine's house on a Sunday. Hmm. And... I didn't realize that going, like they came to pick me up. I didn't realize that going to that friend's house meant having to go to church first. Mm. And I felt like I was sucking into it. I felt so uncomfortable mm. because I, I was, I'd never been to church before. And again, I, I guess like I've always had that indoctrinated thought of, you know, like there's no higher power watching me, you know, making sure that I'm doing the right thing all the time. And if I don't, then I'm going to go blind and grow hair on my hands and yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, then now as I grow older, you're exactly right. Like what what most religions are, it's just a a, a, a template a template to live your life by to live as a, a good person in a community. Yeah. Because again, if you want to just go full science and full biology, the world looks pretty ugly. Yeah. Because full science, full biology is this. It's um. Love yourself. A thief your own. A f- sorry, fend for yourself. It's natural selection. Yeah. Only the strong survive, yeah. right? And the strong can take whatever they want. And yeah. that's not. You don't want to live in that society. Yeah. Aspects I'm, of that do happen. Look, aspects of that absolutely do happen. And Especially in the business world. Yep. Um, which again, like, uh, this is one of those conversations I have a lot where a lot of people think that that animalistic world doesn't exist anymore because we live in a polite society. Bullshit. Happens every day, and yeah. it happens in your interactions. You don't even realize. What I would, what, what I'd say further to that is that if you think that it's not happening, it's because they're laying in wait. Yeah, 
the predators are laying in wait, and they want you to think that. Well, yeah, you've already, you've already been preyed on. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a really good example of the, the manipulation thing, which I want to talk about, is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the perfect example of manipulation from both sides. Mm. Because Don yeah, because Donald Trump himself, you know, the way that he, he speaks and like, you know, we've had the greatest numbers and the greatest thing and the greatest that and the greatest yeah. thing. Like he, he's convincing people that he's right. And, you know, a lot of people are like, no, he's not. Well, yeah, he is. There's, there's, a, there's a section of people out there who are believing him and who are, who are agreeing yeah. with him. Whether he's right or wrong, he's just saying it anyway. Yeah. On the other side of politics... Everyone's saying that he's bad. And the key thing that I'll bring up was the um, a lot of people, if you ask them, do you think Donald Trump's racist? They say yes. Yeah. And we've had this conversation. There is no proof of him being racist at all. He's well, a, there is, if you only if you only grab the soundbite where, where that's he right. says it and not the 30 seconds either side. Again, which is a manipulation talk, right? Yeah. But, yeah, if you actually looked into it, he's not a racist person, never has been. But that is a purveying wisdom around most of Western society that Donald and Trump's and a racist. indoctrinated for you. That's right, because that's what you have been told to think. I sent you that study that... Oh, yeah. Who, who cares? Uh, no, do, I think the question was something like, are you concerned... Are you that, bothered by the fact that... That Joe Biden's an old white man? Yeah. And the, the, it was separated by race? Yeah, so it was... It was they asked white people, uh, African Americans, and Hispanics. Yeah. Yeah. And the only people that cared were the white, white people. <laughs> That's right. And the, the whites were outraged. Yeah. And, and the the uh, the others, meh. <laughs> yeah. And and that's. That is something which is starting to become indoctrinated into Western culture. Yeah. Is it's essentially self loathing white guilt. Yeah. Um, but it, but what they're doing is even worse because what they, you're saying it's guilt. Um, um, but you're actually not doing anything about it except being outraged by it and trying mm. to upset everyone and trying to call people racist. Well, that other clip that you sent me comes to mind where there was, um, it was in America and there was like a, I, th I think it was in like a, a college lecture or something like yeah. that. And a, a woke white male gets up and starts talking about how there's a massive wealth inequality in the world and, you know, the rich people need to um, actually give, you know, their housing and like money and wealth like they need to share it with the, the other people and the lecturer called him out and rightfully so he was like well but what have you what have you done because you're actually in like the top 10 percent of wealth in the world but you just you're not doing it you're not living your truth yeah. if you were you would give your house to someone else who yeah. needs it you give this position in, in that's right college to someone. but what you're doing is you're standing there telling that me that everyone else has to do something first before you'll do anything yeah so you're not living your truth at all. You're just full of shit. Yeah. Um, and again, this is this is why um, taking that mental audit is really important. Because if you don't, it's really easy to see how people who've got good intentions end up becoming extreme in the wrong way. Yeah. Like you can. There's a song about it. Good girls go bad. No. <laughs> I've got a different. I've got no idea what you're talking about. But but like you it's know. Like S close <laughs> But you can easily see how someone starts with what is a good idea. They definitely think they're doing the right thing. They definitely yeah. think they're doing the right thing. And then they can just end up way out here. And they wake up in a cold sweat one day and go, what the fuck have I done? Well, well, what the, have I become? The problem is that a lot of people will never realise that, that part. Because 
because they get into these these stouches on online or, or, or when they have a conversation with someone that's trying to be uh, level headed about it, mm. well, if you don't agree with that and then you know, then fuck you. Yeah. And and you just start working yourself and winding this coil up and up and up and up until you break, you know, you, you're only going to break. For sure. And or you're just going to find your community that wholeheartedly believes. And like you said before, you're not going to see any of the other world that's outside that's of, right. of your thought. Do you, know what, do, you know, do you know the group of people in particular that probably I think uh, they're getting out to the far reaches and it's concerning? S Club 7. No, because no. S Club, Club 7 are dead, I'm pretty sure. Um, banging hits though. They've got some bangers. Um, no, people who think the world has an overpopulation problem. I think I spoke about the reason why this can't happen mm-hmm. on the podcast. Did I, did I mention it? I think you have mentioned it before. But the people themselves who hold the belief that the world has an overpopulation problem, mm. like, if you think there's a problem, solve it. <laughs> but they're not solving it. They're like, how are we going to get rid of some of the other people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like, and again, that is that is one of those things where they start going. Climate change is a real thing. We've got to do something to fix it. Human beings are the problem, and like, see how they're stepping it out. And you can see they started with the right intentions, yeah. and it can end up in going Thanos and and get rid of half the planet. Yeah, but not me. Yeah, but not me. Not me. Because I'll still be here. Because I've got I've got the glove on. Yeah. So I'm like. Yeah, and then all I've you guys are gone. Collected all these stones. Yeah, <laughs> and now easy. and now I'm here to reap all the benefits. Yeah. Now that I've gone, like yeah. look at all these houses that are left yeah. here, which right. I can now just take for Where myself. Where are all my friends? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I've got a, I've shifted one as well. I've shifted another thing. This this will be more controversial. Right. My views on climate change have changed. Right. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> at the risk of being completely ostracised by everyone, hey, this is a safe place. Right? Okay, we can have it's a safe place. The internet right? yeah, is yeah, cool, a safe cool, place. Cool, cool. Only positive interactions happen on the internet. Uh, I don't believe that humans have as much um, effect on climate change as what even the science says. Reason being, so, okay, do I think we should move to net zero? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Because why not? You know, the, the, it, it makes sense to have renewable energy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to have renewable... It, it makes sense to use the sun, makes sense to use the wind, yep. makes sense to use the water, the currents in the water. Uh, it makes sense to have hydro... It, that makes sense to me because mm-hmm. it's there all the time. Yeah. What I... Uh, you know, I remember reading things years ago that the Earth has had more carbon in the air mm-hmm. than what it has now. Now, that could have been through a catastrophe... Mm-hmm. Possibly, right? What do I think uh, some of our policies that we're trying to really, really push... And Australia has definitely not gone as hard as what some other countries have. And has been criticised because of that too. Definitely criticised, yeah. but I kind of see why mm-hmm. now. Especially when you realise, like, economically, you can do more damage to the actual individuals on this planet now mm. if you economically hurt them. Yeah. Um, and that happens in the now. We work on a four-year cycle of politics, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so uh, but also, I think if Mother Nature wanted to change, she'd change. Mm. And um, at the moment, 
what a lot of the big arguments is that well, if the if us developed countries we do it, all it's going to do is create markets for less uh, developing countries mm. to maximise, and they will just. So if we stop using the coal, mm. China will use it. Yeah. If we stop using coal, India will use it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I can kind of understand now why, especially in Australia, there's been that reluctance mm. to do it. Do I think we should move to better forms of energy? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I think we should be doing it at massive economic costs to the country? No, I don't. Mm. Uh, now, people say that sucks for um, the poorer places. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, they're going to have to fight their own battles. Yeah. Uh, as harsh as it sounds, um, I can only affect what's what's happening here. I can only mm-hmm. vote for policy that happens here. Um, do I think this massive push to, like, uh, talk about indoctrination? Everyone thinks that we should go electric cars tomorrow. Mm. The boss of Toyota came out and said, like, because the Japanese government said that they want to do it. Mm-hmm. The boss of Toyota, who has invested more in electrifying cars than anyone, mm. because they invented hybrid, well, not invented, but they really pioneered retail sale of hybrid mm. before anyone. They've, he said, we don't have the infrastructure to do this. That's right. Like, it's a pipe dream. Mm. So it's a great uh, indoctrinating thing to say, mm. go electric, do this, do that. But does everyone know what the best thing for the environment is uh, in terms of cars? Do you know don't what it have is? Them. Hey? Don't have them. Well, e- either don't have them, but do you know what else? Do you know what's the best, the, the most, uh, the best car to drive for the environment? What? Your old car. Right. So there's numerous studies. If you just maintain an old car mm. and keep it going, it is better than buying a new car yeah, that's with right. all the latest technology. Yeah. And and no one talks about that. There's mm. no there's no uh, you know there's no indoctrination mm. uh, attempt to talk about that. Yeah. But that's the case. Now, okay, few things to unpack out of this. For one, climate change is one hundred percent an indoctrination. Yeah. It uh, is real. It it is real. The climate will change. Yeah. That's it has fact. Done that's with, reality. Yeah. Right. So there will be people who listen to that who are immediately. Uh, triggered by that and to those people I want to encourage you to just stick around and number one listen but number two voice your opinions on the YouTube comments yeah or and right? do the research on so, the other side but, as well. but so we can actually have a conversation about for sure, it for sure so but don't but don't just don't just throw don't just sling no actually have a look something that we talk about here all the time is we always want to have a look at the other side so I've done some research on the other side mm-hmm. now and that's changed my view. Yeah. Um, and and before you, yeah, you just go out and start shooting. Because mm. because again, like you're like you were a hundred percent on board that climate change was Absolutely. real and it was mainly caused by humans. Yep. Right. Now there's no denying that we've accelerated the causes of of climate change. Right. Um, however, as you've said before, there is evidence, and again, it like. The biggest problem with science, in my opinion, is people are happy to believe science when it supports their beliefs. Yeah. And they're not happy to believe science that doesn't. And the issue that... The the primary issue I see with any of these things in Western society, which I'm going to primarily speak about Australia and about America, is 
it all gets back to having three and four year political cycles. Mm -hmm. Because the problem is we are, we have it marketed to us by political parties who you have to remember their number one concern is to take power and take the top job. That is their number one concern. And get back in power. Right? Get, get either retain power or get back into power. Yep. That is these people's number one concern. So what they will do is they will throw out sensitive subjects like climate change to people and catastrophize them to say, we need to take instant action right now and our party will do that. Yeah. The reason why they do this is to indoctrinate people into following their political party to, so basically, it's the means to get their political end. Yeah, it's an extreme means. That's right. And this is where, this is one of those things where, like I was, I was saying, climate change has been banged into people's heads for so many years now that it's become fact. But I would say it is pseudo-fact because if you actually do some research, there is evidence on the other side of the spectrum mm. for this. There is evidence to state that, yeah, the climate changes and it's just one of Earth's natural cycles. Yeah. Like it goes through these the things. volcano goes off. It's like, it's, it, it, no matter what you've done, you could be, the whole world yeah. could be at net zero, the volcano goes off yeah. and we're worse off than what we were. Now, there is no denying that there are some things that we can do to create better outcomes for the environment. There is no denying sure. that. Absolutely. But I think... Like, look at what's happening in Texas at the moment is a really good example. Texas is currently undergoing horrendous, like, blizzard-like conditions, mm. right? Massive snowstorms, huge power outages. Mm. Because the Texas agenda for so many years has been converting to renewable energy sources. Mm. Now those renewable energy sources aren't working. Mm. A lot of them was, like, wind turbine and solar energy, which when you've got blizzards and the blizzards have frozen the wind turbines and there's no sun, yeah. you don't have access to those energy sources, so you still need traditional forms of energy to well, be able to... it doesn't to necessarily need to be traditional. It just needs to be... Alternatives. A, yeah, an alternative yeah. to the things that... And I guess, look, if you look at energy like an investment portfolio, everyone says diversify. Yeah. Because one of your parts of your portfolio will go down at some point. For sure. And another part will go up at some point. Yeah. There is other factors to think too of if you went to a zero emissions on carbon, what feeds the plants? Like plants feed off CO2 emissions. Yeah. So if you if you got to a point where you had zero emissions, what are the plants going to eat to then grow, to then create food for us? Yeah, we actually don't know what that world looks like. No. Now there's also a lot of there's also a lot of talk around the reason why people want are pushing this climate change thing so hard. Is because there's massive, massive, massive financial benefits 100%. for certain people. For certain people. Yeah, 100%. so we can move... So all you're doing is shifting the 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 wealth from uh, oil, coal, mm -hmm. right? Traditional forms of energy. Yep. And someone's gone, hey, hey if we just push this, I'm going to start up this company and that's going to make me a yep. fortune. Now, you have to understand that, that the you need to, you need to, you need to have that stuff in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, when making decisions on these things, mm. because it's not all for the good of the world. No, it, like, a lot of it's for the good of someone's pocket. That's right, and and the thing is, this is this is going to be my next point on it. So, oftentimes, what happens in these debates is you have the climate change activists bring up 
that climate change is an issue. And then people talk about the economy. And the climate change activists go, this is disgusting. All you want to talk about is money. Mm. And we've got this very real, you know, catastrophe that's, that's happening. And what a lot of people don't understand is our economy runs the world and how we live. And the thing is, if you don't have a, a robust economy which allows people to create a living for themselves, you will very quickly see our culture that we know and love and cherish deteriorate into the animal kingdom. Yeah. Because it's that whole thing of like people who um, forget history are doomed to repeat it. Mm. I, I encourage you to do some research into what has happened in, for example, some communist countries when the people have not had any food. Mm. And look at what that world looks like. And you can look now. That stuff's happening in now. 2021. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, that's not a world that you want to live in. And I can tell you right now, too, that's not in a world... Go and visit that... Venezuela now. Yeah. And pay one month's wage for a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. Like, that is not a world that any of us are equipped to live in. And the problem is, when, when your answer is, turn off all the factories, shut everything down, well... Now people in Texas are realizing what it's like to live without power. Like you need you need to be able to turn the lights on. Mm. You need to be able to go to the store and get food. Mm. Like these are things that we are so uh, privileged and blessed to be able to do. Almost indoctrinated. Into Almost that way indoctrinated. Of life. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, you don't you actually don't look at what the alternative is, and it's ugly. It's very ugly. Yeah, I don't think people realise, like, yeah, I, I think the climate activist means well. Yeah. They, they truly believe that they're doing the right thing of for course. the world. You know, and you've got to commend them for that. And the fact, you know, if they are protesting, they're, they're literally putting their all into doing it. But have they, do they know what the what that looks like? Mm. Um, one, of the other, one of the other things too, I think it was Warren Buffett said once that, it might have been Warren Buffett, don't want to put words in his mouth if it wasn't him, but it was some very wealthy man who had said that he thought climate change wasn't real and his his proof of climate change not being real was he can still go and get a 30-year mortgage on beachfront property oh yeah economics on the world yeah right yeah so like that what he's essentially saying is that the bankers and the people who know what's going on they don't believe that climate change is real because otherwise they wouldn't give you a mortgage that you're going to pay off over 30 years on an asset that's going to disappear in that time yeah which is again what we are being told day in day out and again this this gets yeah, back just you you you've you're i just want to um add another layer to what you've just said mm-hmm. what you mean by the people that know what's going on i mean the people that have massive financial interest into yeah. getting their bets right yeah it's not a gamble for them mm-hmm. because they've put all the effort into understanding what's going to happen that's, right. that's why they are willing to give you a 30-year loan yep. on beachfront property that's right okay. yeah 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 so, um yeah so and it sounds stinky but if you weren't a bank if you were a person that has put that much effort into it and and put that much resource into knowing what the answer is mm-hmm. you'd feel more confident in your decision too that's right we talk about due diligence they've done their due diligence hard yeah 
Now, the problem is, and again, this is something that is happening a lot in Western culture, is we catastrophize everything. Hmm. Um, the language, and like language is so important, and this is another thing that comes up week in, week out on this podcast. The language that we, we are consuming every single day is catastrophized language, which is designed to make us look at it. So, I mean, you'll, you'll go, you'll do a YouTube video scroll and all the titles that you see, and it's like, this person slams that person for, bah, and it's like, you know, really it's just, they just share a point. Sure. This person shares their perspective on this, on this subject. Going back to the riverfront thing or the waterfront thing, mm. I love seeing those rich people, you know, when the, when the, the house is taken away, their veranda, like, the what's the cows are going to do? And like... Mate, you're a multi. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. <laughs> like, fix it yourself, bro. <laughs> well, and look, that that right there comes down to a lot of these things, which is a lot of people want to point fingers at everyone else and say that you're the reason why the world's a bad place and they do nothing about it themselves. Hmm. So, again... I'm doing my part by selling old cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly recycling right. old cars. I actually couldn't believe it. I, I bought fuel this morning and um, E10 or whatever was a dollar sixty. I wouldn't know. I've never bought E10 before in my life. My Serato loves it. No. 98. 98 mm, for me. And I paid $1.33 mm. for 98. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's just the days. Yeah, for sure. Get the right days. Um, but yeah, so getting getting back to this subject. Uh, do I believe that climate change is real? Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Agreed. Because the world is an organism. Yep. So if you have different inputs that go into an organism, it affects people and dif- it affects things in different ways. If you eat healthy food for six months straight and then you switch to a shit diet, you will get a change in your body because yep. you're an organism too, right? The earth is a living thing. What I want to encourage everyone to do, because this is that sales thing I keep getting back to and like you've made the point too. I want you to listen to what, whether it's politicians, business people, influencers, whoever it is, I want you to listen to what they're saying. We're, we're included, right? I want you to listen to us and do the same thing. Listen to everything with not only a grain of salt, but I want you to ask yourself, what is what are they trying to achieve by saying these things? Yeah. Because if people are going out into a public forum to say anything, it's to achieve an end. That's the and only reason why you go out into public. What do the what do the investigators say? Follow the money. Follow the money. Absolutely. Follow the money. Hundred percent. And 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 again, like the the problem is the more the more and this is the indoctrination thing. The more indoctrinated you get into a certain subject, the easier you are to manipulate. Fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you are a climate change activist and you are fully 100% indoctrinated into that, and a political party comes out and says, climate change is a real thing, you need to vote for us because we will fix it, you'll vote for them. Yeah. Regardless of what their other policies are, you will vote for them. Because they've realised that this is a polarising subject that they can pull on your heartstrings, and that pulling on your heartstrings is the means to their end, which is either retaining or regaining political power. Like... It, you, you need to start looking at the world like that. You need to start researching the other side and finding the truth. Yeah. Find and duck, duck, go. If you want to do research, go on duck, duck, go. 
Yeah, I only use it now. Yeah, because if you hey, go on hey, Google, they they there's only certain things that the big tech companies want you to believe. So it's amazing how many news stories don't show up on oh, Google. We haven't spoken about no news on Facebook. Oh yeah, that's probably relevant too. So it happened. So t- we're filming this on Saturday. Yep. Two days ago, Facebook said no more news. Yeah. Um. So the legislation came into place in Australia. Yep. Which. Again, a lot of people don't really understand what the legislation is. It's essentially making it necessary for big tech companies to actually go to the bargaining table with media producers to then come to an agreement for what that content is worth and pay for the content. Mm. That's what it is. Uh, Facebook, yeah, has gone, no news. Yeah. No news for you. Yeah. Come back one year. Um, Google's come up with some Google money. Yep. But hey, they struck an agreement. Yep. Right, yep. so Google has gone the mature, smart business route and gone, shout okay. Out, shout out to Google. <laughs> yeah, well done, Google. Yeah. But they've, they've literally gone, okay, so the, the landscape's changing and we can't change that. So how can we get in front of this thing and create agreements that work for us? Yep. And they've done that and they've signed agreements with the, the majority of Australian media, media yep. producers. Um, and they will with the remaining in the next few days, I'm sure. Facebook's just gone, nah. I don't want to change. <laughs> Fuck you and your news. And it's just taken all the news off. And we, we, we said weeks ago that, like, I think Facebook is dying. Mm. And they're accelerating that, that oh, process. Massively. I, I've had many people in my news feed um, just recently going, due to Facebook's behavior over the last few days, I'm out. Yeah. And they've canceled their accounts. Yeah. Like... It's very interesting to watch because, again, like you got to think, all this stuff is is motivated by money. All of it is money, for from Facebook's perspective, because they don't want to and change. From a news perspective. And from a news perspective as well, but Facebook doesn't want the world to change because it's going to affect their revenues. Mm. So what they've done is they've like had a tantrum and removed all news from the platform, including government health news. When we have a global pandemic. Yeah. But Batuta's back. Well, it's the only reputable news source out there. At the moment, it is. But um, some interesting things out of this. Um, I saw, and again, it was on ABC. Uh, the ABC News app was the most highly downloaded app in uh, Australia on the day after this all happened. Interesting. Which, in a way, I actually, I like this. Because I had a conversation with a friend of mine. Shout out to Luke. Um, we, we had a brief conversation about this um, I think it was like yesterday or the day before and he was saying that he was a bit annoyed because um, he used to use Facebook to get all his news sure. and I said well I think it's actually a good thing for people to have to go to a, a reputable news source now which like to actually get their real news instead of going to Facebook and he said that but now Facebook's just going to be full of fake news I said yeah, but at least people can distinguish the two. But I don't think it will be. I don't. Th- Everyone, a lot of people have said that. But if it's news, it's off. And a, a lot of these fake news pe- uh, uh, or they're organisations. Mm. They're fake news organisations. Mm-hmm. And they won't. I've not seen any. Yeah. In the last couple okay. of days, I've not seen one. Right. Because I think again, the the key thing for me about all of this stuff is that real news media publishers in Australia are responsible and legally obligated to report factual things. Mm. 
And if you can prove that they've knowingly not done that, there's they can be sued, there's massive liability. Whereas social media platforms, they are protected because it's user-generated content yeah. and they are not liable for user-generated content. No, they should be. Right? And that's that's always been the thing. And you're right, I don't think they should be either. Yeah. So this might actually be a good thing. Because I think the problem is... It's going to be a great thing. Yeah, and, but like the problem with, with beforehand was that People, like a lot of people didn't know what was true factual news and what wasn't. Like there is a lot of people out there who would have thought the Batuta advocate was real news, mm. was real reporting, because people are gullible. At least now there's a separation. And now if people, people go on, all right, I want to read, see what's happening in the news. Okay, I'm going to look at the ABC News app. That might actually be a positive yeah, thing. If you're seeing it on Facebook, it's probably not. It's probably not legit. Yeah, especially if it's gone viral on Facebook. Or go and search for yourself. Yeah. Go and search yourself. Search for truth. Duck, duck, go. Follow the money. Follow the money. Thanks for joining us, guys. Follow the money. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next RDO. Bitcoin.